3: Welcome back to the X1, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Now, Hamilton is smack dab on the shores of Lake Ontario between the beautiful city of Toronto and the infamous Niagara Falls, and we're smack dab in the middle of the Great Lakes Triangle. Now... The Great Lakes Triangle is just like the Bermuda Triangle, except we're 16 times smaller and we're also on the agonic line like the big guys are. You know, there's been more ghost ships sighted, more sea monsters sighted, more UFOs sighted, more shipping lost, more people disappeared lost in the Great Lakes Triangle than in the Bermuda Triangle. Just a little bit of trivia there for you, exonation. My guest this hour is Jay Allen Danilich. We're talking about his new book that is out. It's by our good friends at Llewellyn's called 2012. And Jay Allen Danilich, welcome back to the Exxon. And why do you think, Jeff, that there is such, such a hoopla being made over the year 2012? And is 2012 going to be a disaster, or is it just the beginning of another
0: cycle? Well, hey, Rob. It's uh, great to be on your show again. Um, it's been a while. I know. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think um, I think that the, the hoopla is largely contrived. It's kind of like Y2K. Mm-hmm. I people got kind of carried away with that as the media became more aware of it and began to uh, publicize it. Uh, it seems like it's uh, attracted a lot of attention from people who have their own sort of takes on the end times and have just found this 2012 date to be... Uh, to be a nice place to hang it. And so I, I think that's really a lot of it is contrived. Uh, what Whether I think uh, anything bad is going to happen in 2012 or not, uh, I'm kind of uh, of the school of thought that uh, believes that uh, some bad things will probably happen that year, just like they do every year, and probably some good things too. But in terms of the end of the world, I'm, I'm not thinking so.
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see firsthand a number of people who are writing all these doom and gloom books saying that, you know, 2012 is the December 21st uh, 2012 is the end of the world uh, some people are saying it's the it's uh, it's Armageddon as talked about in the book of revelations other people are saying that there is a massive comet or asteroid headed this way other people are saying that it's going to be the uh, the return of planet X or Nibiru or whatever you want to call it and, and I'd love to have all these people in a giant room somewhere filled with closed-circuit TV cameras, and just watch the expressions on their faces go from, see, I told you, to, oh, my God, I've been caught. Now, that, to me, would be a great reality show.
0: Well, actually, I was uh, letting you know that I'm taking million-dollar bets uh, on this. So if if it does end on that day, I'm, I'm willing to pay a million dollars. And if it doesn't, of course, I'm willing to collect.
3: Now, Jeff, I'm just doing something that I consider to be right for the moment. I'm going to make sure that all my credit cards still get paid up to date and that my mortgage is paid to date. You know, because I don't want to take any chances. And, and Jeff, you and I are good friends. We've known each other a number of years. I wouldn't give you a million dollars on this bet, pal.
0: <laughs> well, I figure, you know, this is a way I have nothing to lose because, you know, if it does end, uh, you know, how are you going to get the million out of me?
3: We have ways, <laughs> you know. Mind you, that'd be a great topic for a book. Yeah, leave it to the right one. As if you haven't thought of it already. Listen, you and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. When we come back, I'd like to talk to you more about your book and uh, some of the very interesting points that you bring up about not only this end of the world but the many endings of the world prior. And I'd also like to ask you some questions about people like Nostradamus. Edgar Casey and other prognosticators of doom and gloom including ah, uh, I oh, will throw in Puxitania uh, Phil for good measure because today has just been like groundhog day around here 18775288255 is toll free Jay Allen Danilick and I will return on the other side of this commercial break his website is ourcuriousworld.com and we'll both be back hopefully it's
1: Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical
3: Maui. Oh, yeah, sure. You've got those who want to change the world, and then you've got those who say the world's going to come to an end, one way or another. The Mayan calendar predicts, or the Mayans, have been misquoted, apparently by people believing that the end of the Mayan calendar means the end of the world. I once had the opportunity of speaking to a Mayan elder, uh, Jeff, and I, you know, and I said that and he started laughing. And and I felt like a total idiot. He said, Where in the name of heaven did you ever hear that the world was going to end because our calendar came to an end? And he's doubled over and he's just killing himself laughing. I said, Well you know, like what's so funny? He said what happens when something ends? It starts again. And he kept on laughing, and he walked away from me laughing his head off.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it's like your car. As soon as it, you know, the odometer rolls over a million miles, exactly. the car doesn't explode. You know?
3: Jeff, what was, the, what was your inspiration for writing your book on 2012?
0: Well, a couple of things. First of all, I was getting a little concerned about how uh, afraid people were getting about this stuff, and I thought that, you know, there's so many books out there telling you that the world's going to end, I thought I would come up with one that looked at prophecy a little more objectively, in hopes of kind of calming people down a little bit. And the other part, I think, has to do with my background. Uh, When I was uh, active in the, the fundamentalist churches, Um, because of, uh, really, because of Hal Lindsey and his end-times prophecies, late great planet Earth, back in the 70s. And then when that didn't come to fruition, I thought, you know, this is a scam, and I think that people need to know about this uh, just for their own safety, if nothing else. So that was kind of the the two reasons I got into it.
3: You know, um, there is a website that has now been launched by NASA all about 2012. Uh, It's entitled 2012, Beginning of the End, or Why the World Won't End. And some of the other websites that have now come out after this, NASA also has another one under uh, Astrobiology Institute, Naburu and Doomsday 2012. Bad Astronomy has the Planet X saga, the scientific arguments in a nutshell. And then even Sky and Telescope magazine has come out with 2012, The Great Scare.
0: Well, yeah, I think they were getting probably inundated with so many requests for this stuff uh, that they had no choice but to put up a website and and see if that didn't take care of most of the problem.
3: You know, uh, last week with the launch of the movie uh, uh, 2012, uh, more people are talking about 2012 than ever before, except no one uh, seems to know a little bit of trivia, but I, I know you know, that the same person who produced and directed Independence Day as the producer and director of 2012.
0: Well, was big money in the end of the year, oh, I guess.
3: Big, big money. <laughs> but why? Why are people so hyped about this, Jeff? Now you've been in, in the in the UFO field and and, and surrounding uh, genres for a number of years. Why has this one caught the uh, caught the masses?
0: Well, I think a big part of it is that it's based upon this this sort of mysterious, ancient calendar that people don't really understand. And and I think we give a lot of credit to the ancients. We think that they had this insight into the future that we lack in our contemporary society. So a lot of people give that a lot more credibility than they would otherwise. I also think that a lot of people take advantage of it, and they uh, pretend to know all about this calendar, and the average person doesn't really understand what's going on with it, and unless you do some research on your own, you're not going to figure it out. So we just have a tendency, I think, to, to defer to people we consider to be experts uh, at our own uh, peril, actually, and, and that's, I think, a, a big driving factor behind it.
3: You know, let's take uh, let's take a look at some of the uh, the the seers or prophets of modern times. We've got Nostradamus. Everybody talks about Nostradamus and how good he was, how accurate he was, how he knew things that other people could not possibly know. But in every in every show that I've seen on Nostradamus, the people who claim to be experts about him seem to know how to manipulate what he says, his little quatrains or his little poems, how they portray them can be portrayed so many different ways that the same quatrain can actually fit the similar patterns to three or four, or five, six, seven different events.
0: Well, that's the whole key to, uh, to prophecy, is uh, you, you have to make it obscure enough that it can fit almost any kind of contemporary situation you want to plug in there. And Nostradamus was a master at this. He wrote in a kind of a code sort of way. Right to, uh, to uh, protect himself largely from disfavor from nobility, if you will, because he would kind of satire his own age. And, uh, and a lot of people take these things and they say, aha, you know, this he's talking about our times, because we tend to see everything through the filter of the early 21st century. Um, for example, in World War II, uh, the Germans uh, thought that Nostradamus's quatrains were talking about their imminent victory, and the Allies uh, right. thought it was talking about their imminent defeat. And uh, I guess both are right to a degree.
3: You know, I, I understand that that uh, that Nostradamus made reference to a Hisler, and that people actually said that Hitler was Nostradamus's way of 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 signifying Hitler.
0: Well, because the names are so close, you know, Hitler and Hisler are just a couple letters different. A lot of mm-hmm. people thought, ah, this is a reference to Hitler. Actually, Hister was the uh, the medieval name for the Rhine or the Danube River. It's either the Rhine or the Danube, I think it's the Danube, and uh, so it was kind of an ancient name for the river. So, what he's really talking about is is uh, uh, you know has nothing really to do with Hitler whatsoever. It just happened to be a coincidence that the names were that close together.
3: So why do people think that Nostradamus is this great seer if basically it was his, his quatrains are, are based on present-day events with representations and similarities made thousands of years ago?
0: Well, a lot of it is because the, the quatrains are so difficult to understand that if someone comes by and pretends to be an expert on them and tells you this is what it says... The average person doesn't know any different, and they'll go ahead and take their word for it and come away being impressed that, you know, Nostradamus got so many things right.
3: How many things did Nostradamus actually get right as as far as you know compared to his percentages of being wrong?
0: Well, obviously, his percentage. Well, it's not that he was wrong. It's just that a lot of what he writes about, we have no idea what he's talking about. Oh, okay. and, and none of these experts do it. So we don't know if he's right or wrong about some of these contemporary things he's writing about. I think the closest he got to a hit uh, was a quatrain he wrote uh, about the king being uh, killed in a joust uh, in 1559. And uh, that actually, you know, he'd say he was going to have his eye taken out from inside a golden cage which was a reference to his helmet and things like this. And actually, King Henry II of France was killed in a jousting match uh, shortly after he wrote that. Uh, so that's probably the closest uh, that he ever got to being correct. And, of course, it's not that amazing when you consider that King Henry uh, enjoyed jousting and he did it quite often. It was only a matter of time uh, before he had a rather nasty accident. Uh, so you know, it's, it, it may be prophetic. It may have just been a really good guess he may have been referring to some other king i don't know but that's that's the closest he ever come to being right
3: okay let's take a look at um edgar cayce the sleeping prophet now a lot of people once again give 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 uh, edgar cayce a lot of kudos and yet you know what do we know about him besides the fact that that he did uh, he came up with some rather amazing stuff while he was asleep
0: and uh You know, what's his story? Well, Casey was actually more or less known as a, uh, he was called the sleeping prophet. He would talk about people's illnesses. People would come to him Mm -hmm. and say, I've got this pain uh, in my leg that I've had for years. And he would go into this trance and he would tell them, he would diagnose it basically from the trance. And often these turned out to be really, you know, fairly accurate. Uh, Later on in his other readings, he started talking about future events. He started talking about reincarnation and uh, Atlantis and things like that. Right. And that's what we kind of remember him for more than these, these prognostications about health issues. Uh, but what he said was, uh, you know, that some of it was interesting. A lot of it was very timely. He, he was a, 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 a very voluminous reader. He read a lot of stuff. So it was only natural he would pick up information just out of the media that allowed him to make some of these, these guesses. I, I think that Edgar Casey was a sincere and honest man uh, who really believed he had this gift, uh, but I do believe he was also a picking up information from normal sources and integrating them into his hypnotic states as though they were some sort of a re- revelation.
3: You know, we hear that these great seers and prophets gather their information from the Akashic Records. Uh, apparently this is the universal library of all. Do you believe in that?
0: Well, I don't know. i'm I'm undecided. You know, I've written a book on reincarnation years ago, and I know that there's probably some kind of uh, record keeping system, if you will, or some kind of life review. Uh, if you want to call it the Akashic Records, that's probably as good a name as anything else uh, if it helps you understand and it's probably useful. Um, but in, but I don't think I'd make a big deal about it. You know, I, I think that it's a tendency to simplify what may be a very complex process of life review and that makes sense to to him and so it may be useful to other people but i don't really have much use for it myself.
3: Jeff Danelic, our very special guest, Jeff Allen Danilick. His website is www.ourcuriousworld.com. That's www.ourcuriousworld.com and we have some uh, late breaking news that um I'd like to share with you listeners. Bob White, who was a ufologist who claimed years ago to have found a part of a flying saucer or something from outer space, passed away earlier today after an automobile accident that he had two weeks ago. So to the family of Bob White, to his friends, colleagues, and to all those who knew Bob, our deepest prayers and condolences are with each and every one of you at this time, and uh, I, I've, I've had the pleasure of talking to Bob a number of times, and he will always be remembered very kindly in my thoughts and in my prayers. The name of uh, our guest book, Jeff Allen Danilich's book, is entitled 2012, and it can be purchased at www.llewellyn.com, or if you go to www.OurCuriousWorld.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the X-Zone. And I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue live and around the world right here on Talkstar.
2: This is the X-Zone Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network,
3: Welcome back to the Exxon. My special guest this hour is Jeff Allen Daniluk. His website is www.ourcuriousworld.com. Jeff has another brand new spanking book out. It's called 2012. It's published by our good friends at Llewellyn's. And uh, once again, his website is www.ourcuriousworld.com. In your opinion, after written so many books on whether it's ufology, pa- uh, reincarnation, or now... um The year 2012. What is the common thread that everyone looks for when stepping outside of what most people call reality and entering into the fringe zone, that zone that you and I discuss all the time?
0: The uh, the incentive. For believing in end-time prophecies? Uh, yeah. Is that what you're talking Yeah. Well, I think that the, there's a number of reasons that uh, people believe these things. Uh, some people are just, uh, they see the world kind of going to pot in their head, you know, and uh, so they think that this is kind of God going to step in and fix everything. You know, that's, that's kind of one of the reasons. Uh, I think a lot of it also is because it's exciting. You know, people think that if these things all happen, that's really going to be you know pretty spectacular.
3: Yeah, but ex- excuse then, me, excuse me for cutting you cutting in. But sure, but who would actually think that the end of the world is exciting? What kind of nutcase would that be?
0: Well, you know, you got to think in terms of, of people whose lives are very sedate. You know, this now remember these a lot of these uh, prophecies are uh, a series of events happening in short order you know, uh, the rapture and, and then the, the, the tribulation yeah. period and the War of Armageddon, all these stuff. And that can be, to some people who who find that, you know, that stuff in- interesting or exciting. I mean, these are your, your gamers, I don't know, people who are always sitting there playing uh, these videos and stuff. But uh, there are some people like that I've met that, that are kind of, I think they're sort of into uh, exciting events happening down the road.
3: Yes, but Isn't it... hasn't the light clicked on for these people yet that there have been so many end-time prophecies that have come to pass, and not one of them, thank God, has been right?
0: I don't think most people think that way. Most people uh, aren't really aware of what happened in the past, and a lot of that's because when a prophecy doesn't come to fruition, it tends to sort of just vanish into the ether... And then, you know, these people who are making these predictions are not brought out the next day and said, hey, what happened here? What, what's going on? Why wasn't this correct? They just tend to ignore the fact that it, it failed and move on to the next date. So this lack of accountability uh, for these people who make these predictions, to me, is I think what keeps driving them because there's really no, there's no uh, downside to making the prediction. Nobody's going to hold you accountable for it if you're wrong.
3: One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exxon on Talk Star. My special guest this hour is Jay Allen Danilak, Jeff Allen Danilak, and we're talking about his new book, 2012. It's published by our good friends at uh, Llewellyn's. And you know what? Uh, our research uh, has just passed me a note saying that they're. There have been end-of-world predictions uh, going back so many years that they came up with the the end-of-the-world 1925, August 1953, April 1957 and 1960, 1967, 1970, 1973, 1975, 1977, 1979, 1981, 1982, 1984, uh, 86 87 88 89 uh
0: 91 92 well,
3: you know, you only have to be you only have to be right once you, you know and, and people still keep on believing that the end of the world is 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 coming well yes it is coming but no one knows when no one knows how and and what really boggles my mind uh jeff is when you get a, a devout Christian who knows the Bible inside out and tells us that, you know what? We're in the time of revelation. How do you, and, and you say, well, how do you know that? Well, look at what's going on around you.
0: Yeah, you know, Jack Van Impe has a show here in the States. That he does this. He's been doing this for years and years and years, talking about how all the events he sees uh, in the newspaper, and there's yeah. not an event he sees in the newspaper. He can't fit in there. Um, is all showing that you know Jesus is coming any yeah, day but, now. Yeah, but
3: but the part that they forget to tell you, and that I don't think very many people know, it says in the Bible, no one will will know the time, the date, or the place. No one.
0: Well, you know how to get around that is that Jesus also says, you know, when you see these events happening, you'll know the time is near. So what they say is, yeah, you can't know the exact time, but you can know kind of the general frame.
3: Oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. That's why you're going to get that million dollars from everyone.
0: (laughs) I'm counting. I've already got it (laughs) spent.
3: What has been the, the most ironic end-of-the-world prediction that, that you've come across in doing research for your book?
0: Oh, ironic? Oh, boy, I don't really know uh, what I would call ironic. Um, I guess the thing I found most surprising okay. was that um, a lot of scientists seem to get on board with these. Because I've been watching, you know, on TV, on Discovery History Channel, we have these these specials on the, the disaster of the, of the week. And they'll you know, talk about the asteroid coming in or... They'll talk about super volcanoes or, you know, Earth shift or something. It's like every week they have some new uh, disaster du jour that is supported by some science that really gets people, I think, even more concerned. You know, not, not just global warming, but I'm talking... All kinds of, of things that could happen. Yeah. Black holes and cosmic explosions and things that I mean, are like a one in a trillion chance of them happening, but they act like this is something that we have to be watching out for at any minute.
3: Hmm. You know, it, it, it's, it's pretty bad when people like NASA have to actually get involved in an end time prediction because I, I'm sure that this isn't what we're spending money on space exploration for is the end-of-the-world investigation by our, by our space agency.
0: Well, well, my guess is that probably some junior engineer got, got tasked with it, and uh, so that's, he got stuck for that.
3: When, when you meet people on your meet-and-greets, uh, as authors do, what is, the, what is the main question that you get asked about 2012?
0: Well, obviously, they just say, is it really going to happen? Did the Mayans really predict this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing is, that's frustrating is that people could actually go to their Internet and, and pull up, you know, Mayan calendar, and they can read all about it themselves. Yes, but, but they you're, want you're an expert.
3: You're an expert. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I suppose if, if uh, you know, calling up the, and doing some research around the Internet makes me an expert, I, I guess so. But it doesn't, I mean, anybody can become one. Oh, sure. If they take about a half an hour.
3: Oh, sure. And you want people to give you a million dollars after that? Ha, huh, forget <laughs> it.
0: No, but that's the thing. Is they just really want to know how real this is. And there's often a lot of fear, um, especially from young people, yeah. because they, they they really do uh, worry about the future, whether they're going to, you know, see their 30th birthday and stuff. And, and it's kind of sad. You just got to sit there and say, look, you know, just live your life, uh, you know, each day at a time. And, and if every day's a gift, and, and you'll be fine.
3: I was just browsing through the uh, NASA website before you and I uh, started chatting, and uh, I thought you'd get a kick out of this. It, it's questions and answers, all right? When one question is, does the Mayan calendar end in December 2012? And here's NASA's answer, all right? Just as the calendar you have on your kitchen wall does not cease to exist after December 31st, the Mayan calendar does not cease to exist on December 21st, 2012. The date is the end of the Mayan long-count period, but then, just as your calendar begins again on January the 1st, another long-count period begins for the
0: Mayan calendars. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, That's all there is to it, and if people understood that, it would take a lot of the 2012 uh, mystery out. But the problem is, at this point, it's gotten so embellished with other people making uh, end-time predictions around it, that even if you convince people that the mayans did not predict the end yeah. there are other people out there who have already convinced you in other areas so just you know debunking one thing won't fix the problem it's kind of a a whole big area that needs to be fixed
3: exactly because we're just not now talking about the mayan uh-huh. calendar and by the way according to travel resource trips to the mayan temples are up 276%
0: yeah, I'm not at all surprised. Wow. Know, people are are into this stuff. Talk it's, it's about really marketing! Is. Whoa!
3: <laughs> but you see, we're just not talking about the Mayan calendar here. We're talking about NabuRu. We're talking about Planet X. We're talking about a, so, uh, the uh, uh, solar storms. We're talking about uh, the the poles reversing.
0: They have, well, that was interesting. They have everything. I was watching. I was sorry. I was watching. Um, I went to see 2012 this weekend, and their premise was that it was a solar flare that was basically going to destroy the Earth. The way they did it was very bizarre, but that was what their contention was.
3: All right, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, what would you rate it as?
0: Uh, Well, in terms of entertainment, probably about a 6 or a 7. In terms of science, about a 1 or a 2 maybe. Uh, but I mean, it's an entertaining movie, yeah. but it's just not very scientific.
3: By the way, Exxon Nation, uh, Jeff was seen in the lobby selling his books in between the different showings of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind though.
3: Well, there you go. You see, and then you complain when one of your one of your fans has the audacity to ask you what 2012 is all about, or, or is, yeah. you know, buying calendars, but.
0: Jeff, that oh, wow. wasn't very nice. I never complain. I
3: yeah. just, I just thank them very profusely. Oh, I know. I was just, I was just kidding with you, pal. Yeah, I know. Naburu, do you give any credence to the possibility of that that outer planet that affects that ma- it makes a visit once in a while? As as uh, Sitchin talks about this ancient giant-size planet.
0: I, I read this uh, book of his uh, when he first introduced this theory a number of years ago, and I got through this thing, and I thought, my goodness, I mean, where does he get this from? You know, it's 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 so speculative. He's got nothing at all to support it. You know, it, it's a, a little bit of like Eric Von stuff where we were visited by ancient aliens, yeah. and he just took these from being aliens from another solar system and just put them on our solar system and gave this planet a name and I don't know. I I think that um, a lot of these things have been out there for a while, and people have been interested in it, but when 2012 came along, they were able to tie it all together, and that's what gave these things kind of a renewed emphasis. Hmm.
3: Speaking about NASA, we just received a fax from NASA, as I'm sure every other media outlet has, to be careful and to be aware that there are fake NASA press releases being sent out. (laughs) Give me a break.
0: Oh, I, I am. Uh, I am never surprised at the uh, at the cleverness of hoaxers.
3: Now, why would somebody use a fax as a fake press release when all you have to do is trace the number back and find out who the Gomer pile is that's sending these faxes out?
0: Well, the idea is you you shoot as many of these out as you can, and and some people are going to ignore them, some people are going to trace it back and figure out who it was, but most of them are just going to pick up with it and run with it because there's a lot of people out there maintaining websites that are not very responsible about checking their their sources, and so that's how these things get generated over and over again, uh, you know, just like the uh, the uh, the the urban legend that uh, Mr. Rogers was a a Vietnam War veteran uh, before he started his show. You know, I mean, that goes around and and people put it out there and all of a sudden everybody believes it without ever checking about it. So
3: do you think we should put 2012 in the category of urban legend?
0: Yeah, pretty much. I I really do. I I think it's one of those things that is, uh, it sort of grew Mm -hmm. Um, by leaps and bounds, just with, um, with conjecture and speculation and suggestion. And, and it's so it's like in any, any urban legend, you can't really tell where it originated from. It just sort of came out of nowhere and will probably die and go off nowhere.
3: Stand by, Jeff. You and I have to take our final break. Jeff Allen Danilik is our very special guest this hour. www.ourcuriousworld.com, the name of his new book twenty twelve. Jeff and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues, right here live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free, and I always welcome your emails, whether you're a fake from NASA or not, to Exxon at talkstarradio.com. We'll be back, don't go.
1: A soul-balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world.
3: Jeff Allen, dyna my special guest this hour, Uh, His new book, 2012, is out. It's published by the good people at Llewellyn's. His website is www.ourcuriousworld.com. That's www.ourcuriousworld.com. And once again, the name of the book is 2012. Uh, during the commercial break, you and I were briefly uh, comparing notes pertaining to 2012 and 2Y2K. <sighs> you know, I, I, one of the calls I remember most... Vividly about uh, the uh, Y2K time was an elderly lady who called me up. She must have been past 80 years old, and she was a twin. Her and her sister lived together, and and she was called up crying because she couldn't afford to buy any more of the frozen food that they would need for to survive after Y2K. You know, they had already cashed in all their bonds and bought this, that, and the other thing, and and you know. My heart goes out to these kind of people, these people who get taken in by the, the by members of the media who who for their own own needs push the envelope a little bit further than they should. Jeff, what would you like to tell the listeners around the world right now about 2012?
0: I would just uh, urge them to you know to take a deep breath and look at the history of uh, prophecies like this and recognize the fact that that this is a big business that people enjoy doing this they don't realize that this impacts people on a very personal level and just do a little research you know look around and uh, hopefully they will come away with this sense that. You know, good things and bad things are going to happen, just like they always have. But, you know, time is really internal. It's going to go on, and, you know, your children are going to see, uh, you know, the morning, and so are your grandchildren. And just kind of hold on to that and just live each day to its fullest. That's the best thing you can do.
3: And, uh, Jeff, tell our listeners where they can find, uh, where they can buy copies of your book and
0: more about your website. Well, you know, they're in all the, the bookstores. If you don't see them, that's not a good bookstore, so get out of there. But, well, that's you know, because can they can just also... got sold out. <laughs> that's right. Well, yeah, if that's the case, then, then it's an okay bookstore. <laughs> uh, Barnes & Noble, Borders, all have them. You can go to Amazon, or you yeah. can go to my website, and I'll give you a link there. It'll take you over to Luwell where you can order it, and you can also see the other things on there. Or even send me an email if you want to talk about this stuff.
3: Super. As always, Jeff, always great having you on the show. The next time you're on, I'd love to talk to you about reincarnation. I
0: would love that, Rob. That'd be great.
3: Jeff, take care of yourself. Thank you very much for being on the show, and thank you for doing the great work that you do.
0: Well, thanks a lot, Rob. It's been a lot of fun, and, and I'll talk to you later, buddy. Take care, old friend. Bye-bye
3: now. Jeff Allen dot www.ourcuriousworld.com. That's www.ourcuriousworld.com. Well, that's it for tonight, XO Nation. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking all the great people here at x Radio TV and Master Controls all over the place. To my wife and senior producer, lovely Laura Rogers, thank you. And to you, the members of the x Nation, thank you for allowing us to be part of your day or night, no matter where you are on this great big world of ours. If you have a child at home, give them a hug, give them a kiss, let them know they are loved because children are the leaders of tomorrow and they will be leading us way past December 21st, 2012. So until tomorrow night, when once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone, always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night now.